Thanks for hitting that button. You are listening to The Mark the Shark Show. All right, guys, you ready to rock? Are you excited? Well, sit back and enjoy. And welcome to The Mark the Shark Show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Mark the Shark Show. I hope everyone's having a great day. We have a great episode in store for you. So sit back and enjoy the show. Hi everyone, this is your host, Mark the Shark. I want everybody to know that not only do I have this podcast, I have another podcast about the sport of mixed martial arts. So if you're into that kind of thing, check out my other podcast called The Mark the Shark MMA Show. And if you want to be on that show or this show, Make sure you contact me on Facebook at Mark the Shark MMA Show. And, and that's my Facebook channel. Or you can go to my website, www.mark with a C, the Shark MMA Show.com. Again, it's www.markthesharkmmashow.com. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Mark underscore Retorto 2. That's Mark, M A R C underscore Retorto, R I T O R T O 2. That's for Instagram or Mark BJJ Fighter on Twitter. And also, don't forget to check out my YouTube channels. I got the Rockin' with Mark YouTube channel. That's Rockin' with Mark with a C again. Or the Mark the Shark MMA show. All on YouTube. All right, guys. Hope you enjoy the podcast and keep on listening. Are you looking for your next action thriller novel? Check out the Cabal. The Saga Begins. You can find it on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com or www.RetortoFamilyBooks.com. That's R-I-T-O-R-T-L FamilyBooks.com. Again, check out the next great action thriller suspense mood book called The Cabal. The Saga Begins. Hi, everyone. This is Deborah Driggs, and you are listening to the Mark the Shark Show. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Mark the Shark Show. And today, I got a very special guest. Her name is Zen Cryer DeBrook. She is a business and personal coach. Um, a very interesting person from what I'm hearing here, from what I've read, seen on the Internet. Um, she's also a bestseller author of a book called Your Inner GPS, and she has a very interesting online academy called Smart Soul Academy, and I'm very interested to find out more about it, so let's get started. All right, so how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where are you from anyway? California. My family's been here oh, since the 1800s. Yeah, we're old school California. Nice, nice. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I remember there was a time zone difference. Uh, I'm over on the East Coast. Where are you at right now? Uh, I'm over in New Jersey. I love people from New Jersey. I've had some of my best friends are from New Jersey. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. There's a <laughs> style, there's a way of being, you know, and I dig it. Oh, yeah. I do. That's it's kind of funny because I actually I forget what movie I saw. 
I don't know if we were in the movie theater or we were watching a movie on Netflix. And they were they were actually making fun of Jersey. Like, you know, we got kind of like a bad rap being like rude, obnoxious, you know. That's what I love. That's what I love, though. I love it. I, we're a little, I, I, I get we're a little too straightforward here. Yeah, seriously, yeah. what you see is what you get. And you get. I love the sense of humor. And it's fantastic. I mean, that, yeah, you need yeah. more of that. Like, have some thicker skin, people. Yeah, yeah. It, it's. I think it's because we're closer to New York. Like, if you yeah. start out in South Jersey, and as you get close to New York, you act, even within the state of New Jersey, you'll see uh, certain changes in the way people uh, act. But once you get south of, you know, once you get south or out of Jersey, whether it's to the Connecticut or Pennsylvania, uh, people seem to be a lot nicer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice is relative. In Jersey, people got no patience. The minute the light turns green, if you're not putting that gas pedal, you get honked, you know? Yep. It yep. happened to me the other day. I was picking up my kids from school and someone was, you know, I had a little high school kids out. You know, they're trying to get out, and they had this old lady like honking the horn. Well, like, I'm like, where do you want me to go? You know, all these high school kids trying to get out. Yeah, you want me to run them over? Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, enough about me in New Jersey. Let's talk about you and this, this very interesting online academy you have. And I, from what I take it, is that you're teaching teaching people how to deal with stress, no matter whether it's in their personal life or, or their business life or whatnot. Yeah. Go in a little bit more detail on that. Sure. I'd love to. Um, back in 1993, I had this cassette tape from this, this uh, person called Abraham Hicks, Esther Hicks. She talks about the law of attraction. And on that cassette tape, cassette tape, oh, I'm aging myself. Um, <laughs> on that cassette tape, there, she talks about this thing called the internal guidance system that we all were born with. And when we feel tight in our chest, like our clump in the throat, tightness in the chest or sick feeling in the solar plexus, that's guidance that what you're thinking is out of alignment, old programming and taking you where you don't wanna go. And when you feel release and openness in the center of your body, that means your thinking is in alignment and taking you towards success. And at that time I'd had a really crummy childhood, lots of abuse on all levels. And I was really angry and I would do things like quit a job and expect them to come chase me down the sidewalk nobody ever did be like we can't live without you you know <laughs> break up with boyfriends and do stupid sabotagey things with my rage and my anger and I knew that before I blew it in my life that tightness was there and I was like wait a minute I know what that is and it's true for me that when it when I feel that sensation I blow it I make mistakes big ones that I wish I didn't make so I started researching this and trying to figure it out in my own body and it took me about 10 years I I called the couple up that was doing this, the, the Abraham Hicks stuff. And they said, we don't, we don't have any teachings about that. And uh, I went to the library because the internet wasn't there. And I looked and looked and looked, you know, I was like, what is this? How do I do it? And it turns out that we have a lot of old programming that we're not aware of. So I'll give you an example. Do you know what color a yield sign is in the U.S.? Uh, normally yellow, right? Yellow everybody, says, everybody says yellow and black. Pretty much, not everybody. Some people get it right. Mostly they're foreigners. In 1971, the U.S. Congress changed the yellow and black yield sign to red and white. And by 1974, all the, the yellow and black yield signs in the United States were, were replaced and gone. The problem is, is that that yellow, and, and there's a bunch of your listeners right now hitting Wikipedia fast to be like, because they're because they know that they've seen that the yellow and black exists. And it's that's 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 true. I mean, it, it did. And they reproduce it on billboards and book covers and T-shirts. And even my son, who's two, 
saw or what when he was two he's eight now but saw the snowman from frozen the guy that does the singing dancing around yeah. sesame street with a black and yellow yield sign so now even he has seen it and that's how it gets reproduced in our mind well the problem is is that even if i ask you this again in two or three years and it just happened i was just on george nori coast to coast am and he, i had been on six years ago and I asked him this and he didn't remember because he was like yellow and black. I'm like, George, you answered yellow and black six years ago. And he started laughing. Um, and there's no updating mechanism in our mind. We don't drive by a red and white yield sign and our mind goes, hey, new information. I need to update it. The programming happens between zero and seven. And then we operate through that lens of that programming that we get from our parents for the rest of our lives. Well, it turns out that we were born with a system. And when we feel that tightness, we're being told that there's something in our thinking that is not true for us and, is, and that we need to get rid of. But nobody's ever just decoded this before. So I've spent the last 23 years decoding this and teaching it and figuring out how to make it super easy because our minds are a confusing, nasty place a lot of the time, you know? They drive, you know, it, it drives you crazy, that, that loop, that hijacking where you can't stop thinking about something. And so that's what I do. That's what Smart Soul Academy is, is teaching people how to get in touch with this and then live their lives from there. And they have extremely powerful, successful experiences when they follow these from go from opening to opening. And at the same time, you're reprogramming the neural pathways of your mind. So as you find these yellow yield signs that aren't working for you in your relationships with your career, with your money, with your health, with your kids, when you find that opening, you're getting a physical thing that is reprogramming that and, and putting that into place. And then the old thoughts that don't work are get it going into neural extinction. And so literally as you go through your day and use this tool, you're reprogramming your mind. And that's where the stress goes away. Every time we feel worry, fear, anxiety, overwhelm, frustration, irritation, impatience, doubt, guilt, those things, and there are more, we will always feel tight. We've labeled those things, but really it's guidance about our thinking. And I've trained 40,000 people. And so far, everybody gets, gets it. They're able to do it. It's not a special thing. It's just connecting the, this area with your mind and then beginning to use it to recreate yourself. It's very interesting that from that one cassette that you developed the system. What, how did you even find out about this cassette? Uh, I was such a pain in the butt. My friend gave it to me because she's like, you are ruining your own life. Like I was a victim. And I was a high school dropout. I was trying to make my way in the world. I had sued my parents for emancipation because it was like the Jerry Springer show and I had to get away. I was living out of my car. And uh, I think it was right after I quit another job because of attitude, clashing with the manager or whatever. Right. And um, my friend, I was complaining about the guy and all that. And she's like, look, I need you to listen to these people because you're doing this to yourself. I'm like, no, but he, but he, but, 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 but you know, here I am, you know, 19, but, 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 you know. And uh, I listened to it and I listened to that over and over and over because there was something about it. And within, gosh, by 1997, I was, I had graduated from college. I got my degree in Mandarin Chinese and foreign policy from a high school dropout following this tool. I started my first tech company in downtown San Francisco in 1997 and built a multi-million dollar company with a team of people. I was the CEO. And it was during the crash that I realized I had something because I hadn't been really teaching anybody. I'd just been learning about it inside myself, using it as a tool. And my friends who were also going through the tech crash were flipping out. I mean, it was a hardcore time. It was brutal. 
how fast the economy turned and everybody was out of work and had a debt. And um, they're like, you guys seem, you seem okay. Either tell me the dro- doctor that's giving you the drugs and what you're on, okay. or tell me what's working out because you're like still happy and things seem to be still working out for you. And you, you've got this timing. And I, so I started teaching my friends in my living room, how to use this tool to get them through this rough time. And I figured out I had something. So once I got the company turned around, it still exists to this day. Um, I left and I started teaching people this tool. You reference it as a as a tool. Is it more of a method or is it an actual um, tool or is it a systematic way of approaching? Yeah, it's you know that's one of the things that I have had the hardest time figuring out. Really, is like where so the guidance is profound. Like I, I'll give you an example. we were in the Denver airport, a friend of mine and I were going, I was going to be teaching in, in San Francisco the next day. It's the storm hit, everybody was shut down and told to go home for the night because they weren't gonna, no flights were getting out. As we were leaving the airport, he uses his IGS too. We, we were teaching together. Um, I said, I'm closed at leaving. As we're, the more we're walking out, the more tight I'm getting, trying to think of a hotel and how am I gonna get there? And what am I gonna do about the course I'm teaching tomorrow? I said, how about you? And he's like, yeah, me too. Every time I think of booking a hotel for the night, I close. I said, well, let's see what happens. We'll stay. And we both opened. You have this, this is how visceral it is. So we're sitting there and everybody's telling us you need to go. They're closing up the shops. They're only the janitors emptying trash and vacuuming. And several times people are like, what are you still doing here? You know, why don't you go get a hotel? Like this could be two days. And we'd explain this tool. They're like, all right, crazy people, you know, turns out two hours later, a flight crew walks in, they're going to San Francisco and there was a break in the storm and they wanted to get that plane through so that at least that plane would be able to keep running flights out of San Francisco because they've got a schedule too. This is a chain of reaction, right? They booked us on the flight. They opened it up. They booked us on the flight. We got to San Francisco. I'll tell you what, it is creepy being on a big old plane by yourself with just two people as passengers. You're like, oh, maybe this, are we all supposed to die tonight? You know? Um, but we got there and we got to the course and it was right. Now, how does it know that? Like you're talking about whether it's a tool or a method or a, right? I have created the way to access it using your mind. Cause like the yellow yield sign, there are still people listening to this right now who are like, nope, I know there's a yellow yield sign, right? And how many times have you gotten to fight with your spouse or your kids? Or you're like, no, I know this is right. You know, my husband and I joke, we go, woo, woo, woo pull out our phones and get into Google, like to find out who's telling the truth. Right. And, uh, and you'll be convinced of things that are, that are not true, but your, your mind's convinced. And so what I did was I took this information and this guidance that's attached to something that's bigger than us and has more wisdom than us. And I broke it down. So for instance, frustration is always about a situation or a thing. Irritation is always about a person. Procrastination is always closing. It's not a character flaw. It's about divine timing. And so there's four things that I have you walk through if you're procrastinating on something. So it's either that it doesn't need to be done at all. We make up stuff that needs to be, that we think needs to be done and it doesn't. It, oh, and it'll open you that it doesn't need to be done. It's needed to be done by someone else. It's not the time to do it. Like there's a divine timing that I've found where everything's lined up and all of a sudden it's like you make the call and that day everything gets done, right? And you've been procrastinating on it for three weeks. So it's a timing thing. It's just not ready. Or you're making it too complex. It's a much simpler next step than you think it is. 
And so these are practices that I teach people that are incredibly valuable where you're in the middle of the situation and your procrastination is stressful. When you got stuff on your plate that you're not getting done, it ruminates. It's like, oh, I still haven't done that. And it's just stressful. It's stress. And so when you know it's one of those four things, you can go through it and be like, hey, it's that I don't need to do this at all. I'm open that this doesn't even need to be done. You know, so let me walk you through it. Can I walk you through it and you can feel it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So just if you'll feel your hand, your feet on the ground mm-hmm. and just notice that they kind of start tingling and waking up. A little warmth, a little energy, and then feel the palms of your hands. You don't have to do anything special. If you want, you can close your eyes if it makes it easier. Okay. Feel your feet and your hands. They're tingling now a little bit. We want you to be in touch with your body. Now, as you listen to my voice, I'm going to give you two statements. Just let them pass through your mind like a cloud through the sky. Don't try to reason or do anything with them. And you're going to notice any sensation in the center of your body. So feeling your feet and your hands. Here's the first sentence. I do not have an internal guidance system. Don't think anything about it. Just let it pass through and see if there's a sensation. I do not have an internal guidance system. Now focus on your feet and hands again. And here's the second statement. I do have an internal guidance system. I do have an internal guidance system. Noticing any difference in the sensation? Yeah, I do actually. So, so tell me what you felt and everybody at home do the exercise, you know, if you want take a pause so you can see what we're talking about. What did you feel? It's more, it's kind of, I don't don't know. I've never done this before. Anybody knows me, I would never be doing this. It it, 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 it felt like a tingling going up, like around my head. Okay. Okay. And so, so the first one, I do not have an internal guidance system. What'd you feel? When I said the do not, did you have the tingling then or was there something else happening? I felt something, but not towards the end when you said the second statement where it was coming up, it was more down. Yeah, so. Said, said stuff, it, it, the sensation rose up. And like a, like a lot of people think my like head. a V, a v opening. Felt, yeah, it felt really good actually. Yes, yes, so that's, so the first thing most people feel is they'll, 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 it'll activate, there'll be a tightness lack of breath, like a, like there's less energy in the body. It's like tight. The second one, people will say that I suddenly felt like something was breathing me, or I got an expanded feeling. I had more air and the, the tension went away. It's like you, a lot of people have a, like a sensation that rises up as like kind of a V it gets bigger as it goes up. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. The, so the first one we call closing and the second one we call an opening and there's, it's like a compass. So if picture North, South, East, and West, it, it operates a little bit where the due north is expanded opening, where you feel love, you feel like that creativity, where you've got to get something done, you got an idea, you can't stop, just work on it. It's this energy that's in you that's focused on something. And then as you kind of go down towards the east or west, right? So let's say east, that's neutral. And there's little tiny op- openings that, that get bigger and bigger as you go up and down. So depending on how accurate and powerful the thought is, you can have like a slight opening. Uh, should I go to the, I should go to the post office and get a little tiny opening, right? Or I should call so-and-so and you feel this like opening. And then you go down and at the very due South, it's like terror and panic. This is when you like get some big tax bill or, or you're worried about somebody in your life. Um, there's some big fear and it feels like, you know, like you just panic and it goes up from there. So there's slight closes and slight openings and you learn how to manage this feeling inside your body to you and what you want to do is you want to get the biggest opening possible as you're like strategizing something that you want to do in your life 
you, you follow that opening. And so this is operating all day long and you can learn to just, this is where you, the stress thing comes in. Over time, when you learn this, you stay in the opening. Stress is no longer stress for you, it's guidance. It's, and so when you feel a closing, I have people say, I'm closed. That means what I'm thinking isn't true or isn't gonna happen. And then you'll use one of the various practices depending on what the feeling is, like I'm frustrated. What do I think isn't gonna change in this situation? And your guidance is telling you it is gonna change. There is a way through it. And then you, you, there's practices that I teach on how to find that. And you, what happens is this is something you just do all throughout your day. You'll just feel this tightness. And you're like, oh, what's that about? That's a close thought. And then it'll give you the next thing, right? It's really beautiful when you're working with kids, you know? I was actually gonna ask you, uh, just when you were talking, like for your particular school, like what, what were a typical age ranges? And then I was waiting for you to say, you know, maybe 30 year old, 40 year old. Um, Cause generally those are the people that, you know, we're out in the world, we're working the day-to-day -day job. Most people doing the jobs they don't like, but they have to, right? Put food on the table and that, I would think that that would be the most age group that you would see that would have stress in their lives. But then when you said kids, I was wondering, um, reason why I was wondering, particularly like with high school kids, right? Um, I don't know how, I'm sure if you remember high school for some people was great. Some people- uh, It sucked for great. me. It was awful. It, was, it. It, was, it wasn't good for me either. I mean, I had friends and stuff, but for some people, I think that it's, um, it can be very stressful, right? And that's why you you know you you see some kids unfortunately committing suicide and so forth. So I was gonna ask, that was gonna be my question. Do you deal with all age groups or just is it mostly like adults or do you focus or do you have yeah courses geared to teenagers? So right now it's mostly adults, and then the adults use it with their kids. So I'll give you an example. One of our students' um, daughter came downstairs. She's 16 in this very sexy little dress and the mom was like what you know you'd usually get upstairs blah 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 yeah went to say she said she went to say you can't wear that and she was closed so she stopped and she goes she can wear that and she opened she's like I don't like this guidance you know and so she said sweetheart where'd you get that and her girlfriend had given her the dress and they were going to the movies and she got a deep closing to say anything so she went to the movies came home everything was fine and about four or five days later, she said, honey, where is that dress? She goes, I gave it back to her mom. I felt so uncomfortable. I, it wasn't me. It's not who I am. Mm. Now, if she had fought, and then there's this whole thing, right? Where the rebellious comes up and they're starting to under, need to understand their own value and have a voice. It could have been a big dress that she wore every damn day, right? <laughs> you know yeah, how good yeah. kids are, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So she didn't have to do that. And, and it was a, there's a trust piece. I use it with my kids. And so with that said, I have my kids, I have a 13 year old and an eight year old, they're studying this, we homeschool. And so every week they're going through, there's, there's 13 programs inside Smart Soul Academy on all different topics. And they're going through the very first one. It's really about learning about yourself. What are your stress themes? What are your stress defenses? How do you set opening boundaries? You know, And my daughter is wanting to teach it to all of her youth group at church because she is not getting in trouble anymore. She, she and I used to, she's adopted and we were butting heads. And now she's like, I, I, I know what to say. I know what to do. I, I, I don't make up stories about you, mom. 
I, I can figure this out, you know? <laughs> and so the other day we were at Costco and this is an example. And she really, she has her own money. She's made, we've got her a little job and um, she wanted this fuzzy pillow, you know, from Costco and she picked it up and I saw her, she was like sitting there and she's looking off and she goes, ah, and she puts it down. I go, what just happened there? And she goes, I want that pillow. I want to buy it, but I'm closed. I don't need it. So, right. So this is like, when you talk about values and the entitlement culture of kids and all of that, you're connecting them to a deeper sense of self and they get to know themselves really well and what works and what doesn't for them. I I do want to put together a teenage program and I'm kind of working with her and my son and my son is using it all the time. One of his big problems is he's on a baseball team and he is a know-it-all like his mother. And uh, he's yelling at kids, giving them orders. And I was like, oh God, he's so my kid. So I started teaching him about being a team player. And now instead of running for every ball when he's on in the infield, he's letting other kids actually play, right? And he's using his IGS to feel when the ball is his and when it's meant for somebody else, which I think is an amazing way to use it. Because I know you are MMA and can you imagine if you had the ability to follow this with what you're going to do next. And I know it's an intense situation, but there is strategy quite a bit. My husband's really into MMA stuff and, um, you know, where to hit, when to hit, how to compete, how to do this, like what to train people use it for vitamins, what supplements to take relationships. Most relationships flourish. You know, I have people who's like sister-in-laws drive them crazy and their enemies turn it completely around you know, it's amazing what you can do with this tool because it just, you, that feeling that you had, you get this opening of what's the next right thing to do. And you can cut through all the BS that your mind produces about people and life and things. And it's pretty amazing. It it sounds very interesting. I I think, I think you just answered it because I I know a lot of these courses are online and then you're saying, so these are all uh, pre-recorded courses. Is that yeah. What so yeah, I do audio because, um, my, all the courses are basically audio. So that oh, okay. can all go right. And they're all inside the program. And we also have a phone app with the, with the content there. So you can take it in your phone. And, um, it, I believe in short, simple. I like the me, I call it the Miyagi approach. Do you remember karate kid? Yeah. 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 Wax on <laughs> wax off. Right. Yes, so yes. I, so I found that the best way to work with the mind is to not work with the mind. So what I do is, is I give them a practice. I don't tell them what it's about. They go do it, you know, whatever it is for that three or four days. And then the next lecture, and these lectures are 15 minutes or less, right? I don't, it's not, doesn't take a lot of time. Listen for 15 minutes and then you go do something in your life and then listen for 15 minutes and go do something in life. And then the next lecture, I tell them what they just did and why it works and what it means. And they're like, and, and so what happens is, is you do it and you're already a success. There's no, your, your mind can't get in the way to be like, you don't know how to do it. This isn't working for you. You're not feeling it. You're not, you know, none of that doubt and that stuff that's insecure. You're, you already are successful every single thing you do. And so it happens really fast that life changes within the first month of doing these practices, people come back and they're like, everything feels different. It's very, it's, I find it very fascinating because I've had like, you know, other guests, you know, they self-proclaiming life coach, whatever. But uh, I don't know. I just think your approach is a little different. Have you offer um, private lessons or? I do. I do do private coaching. Whatever you want to call it. 
Yeah, so the, 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 I do work with private individuals, but they're mostly like top executives and like high level tech companies, or I have people in the finan financial market, you know, that are executives. I work with a lot of executives um, in leadership skills and how to use these tools in order to manage, you know, 5,000 person company kind of thing. So, um, but there's two programs in the Smart Soul Academy. So there's a $47 a month, you have access to everything and you get access to the archive recorded calls. There's probably about 250 calls in there that are an hour and a half of me working with people. And then there's an upgrade, which is for $50 more, it's 97 a month and you get access to five to 12 calls a month. We have different calls for different things. So you at least have one call a week, but mostly often, most often it's two to three calls a week and you get to work with me personally on those calls. So that's a much more affordable way for people to work with me. And I find that most people, that's all they need. They'll come in like with a sister-in-law issue, right? I've had a lot of success. Like there's a grandmother whose son's wife and her don't get along. She's basically taken over his son and now they're getting a baby. And this mother-in-law is so just, I mean, this is distraught because she's not going to, she feels like she's not going to get to see the baby. So we start working. I'm like, are you open that you're not going to get? No, I'm closed. Okay, well, let's look at what it's going to take to get back into relationship. And so, for instance, the big one is, is, you know, she's not part of the family, which is closing. And I'm like, well, how about if we look at she's now your daughter, too? And she's like opening. And I'm like, okay, so if she's your daughter, how would you treat her different? Have you been treating her like the enemy who's taken your son away? Or are you treating her as a new person that's coming in the family to be to to, to bring your life? more love, more fullness, more beauty, right? And she's like, that opens me, but I don't like this woman. I'm like, well, maybe you do. And you're actually making up a bunch of stories about everything that she's doing in a particular context. It's like when you have a car, you're gonna get a new yellow bug and all of a sudden there's yellow bugs everywhere, right? And so it's the same thing. It, it, we make up these stories and then we push these things into our life by seeing every single thing as a slight. And it may not be, it's just how you're choosing to color it, right? So that's what we do on these coaching calls and things get unraveled so quickly. You know, the next week there, she comes back, she's like, you won't believe this. They invited me down to be a part of the birth, you know, and literally miracles are, and synchronicity are the norm. This is what I tell people. If you look at nature, right? It's a miracle. The way that the insects work with the plants and the birds and eat the seeds and then poop, and then they build a tree out of that seed and everything's just working in this flow, this synchronicity, you know, on this planet. And because of our minds, we've gotten ourselves away from feeling that it's part of what, you know, indigenous tribes in South America and in different places of the world who are connected to nature, they're trying to tell us, you've got to get in flow with nature. When you do this, that's what happens. So suddenly, the you know, I believe we've got 100,000 life purposes. It's not just one big thing we do. It's handing that book to a special friend. It's smiling at the person behind the counter when you're getting your coffee and they need to pick up. It's joking around with somebody, you know, while you're in line, all these little things that you feel and that you participate in create a unity. They create a, a sense of community and self and beauty. And so this tool brings you back into being a part of that in this magical synchronistic way where it's, you're like, gosh, if I hadn't shown up at that time, I wouldn't have gotten to meet this person. And then that person and I are now doing this other thing. It's, it becomes that all the time, all the time. You're in that magic if when you follow this. And I think it's probably gonna be one of the biggest transformations of our human evolution 
is that once we all start following this and we unravel the stuff that's breaking in our minds and causing us to lash out and do the other, like I have, I have a real big issue with the racism conversation, not because I don't think we have issues, but I think that even if we solve that issue, it's not going to get us anywhere because we'll always have other, you are other than me. And we need to work on the other like we have Airbnbs. I live in a lake community and we have Airbnbs. And that the people who do short-term rentals are other. You don't belong here. You know, you don't have to put your trash out. You have these loud, you bring these loud people into our community, you know, and all this. And it's like, there'll just be another other, you know, people who drive electric cars versus gas guzzling big trucks. They're othering each other all the time. Like you, you don't care about the environment. We have to work on all these ways in which we think of people as being other than us. And until we do that, and I believe this tool, this opening will lead us there to where we can see that we're not going to have what we want on this planet for everyone. You know, we're not going to have everyone feeling like they belong and they're significant. And that is why I believe kids are committing suicide is they don't feel like they belong and they feel like they, they're no significance and everyone is significant and everyone belongs. And that's what we need to be working on. Not just racism, but how are we going to have everybody on this planet belong and feel significant because they are, they have something to contribute. And this is one of the ways that we'll get there is by listening to this deep inner knowing that will help us shift our thoughts through the opening to create harmony on this planet, man. Yeah, it's a very uh, unique perspective. And I, I think what, you know, what you're doing is good. You know, I think everybody needs a little, uh, what's the word? Rethinking, re, not reorganizing. Like uh, reprogramming, right? I think actually you used yeah, that. Reprogramming. Right? reprogramming the way you think, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what's the other way? Uh, you're more of a glass half full as opposed yeah. to the half empty approach, right? Yes, I would say that is true. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I think, I think you would, I mean, obviously you're doing good now. I mean, you're helping executives and you got that. Courses, but I think I think another market for you would be. I'm just seeing now because I, I interviewed different people. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, tell me. Fascinating. Um, different different types of people. Some of them, you know, entrepreneurship, you know, positions on there. But I, I think uh, like helping teens, I think, should be your your next. I agree. Next I agree. Ever on your on your website because I think there's a lot of teens out there now with social media I mean, yes I, I mean it's great you know I, I don't think it's ever gonna go away i want to see kids of this day you know i, I can't I, you're, 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 oh, oh i said i don't think i was part of me says I, I would love to see it go away but i don't think it ever will because a lot of big businesses use the social media but i think um in some ways like youtube's good because you're learning so you can learn stuff you know that you would never be able to do, you know, without, yeah. YouTube, you know, like the old way. I know. Uh-huh. YouTube's okay. my how-to. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think it's also a detriment, I think, for, for teenagers, especially girls. You know? I agree. I It's the comparison. It's the, you know, you'll see these influencers who are, it's like the gal that was the Miss America or, or Miss USA who killed herself that was on. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's stuff was like that. that. That wasn't that long ago, right? I know. She jumped off her building, you know, and it's like, I, I think that's how she did it. But 
um, you know, here's this gorgeous, statuous, stunning, happy. Everybody said that she, when she'd come into the room, she'd lit it up. And lo and behold, under the surface, she's yeah. lost and depressed and couldn't take it and didn't have any the capacity to know that by coming out and saying that, I mean, if she'd been able to come out and say that as who she was, the influence she would have had for people who are feeling the same way, my life looks perfect and it isn't, right? I'm, I'm having issues inside, right? And that is what I think is this, the social media, media detriment is, is that everybody shows this happiness Yes. And they're not, they're not really showing the things that are needed, the vulnerabilities, right? And that's what the girls need because yeah. it takes a lot to become a confident woman on this planet. It, it really does. And, and it, it, it has to come from inside the girl, right? The seeing her worth, her value, what she's here to be about and a part of. And we don't have enough training in that. Yeah. yeah. I agree with yeah. you. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I agree with you 100% on that. And you know, like teens again, can like do this program. By the way, teens can do it as it is. So maybe okay. I just set it up to where the call there's a teen call. That could work really well, actually, because the practice is my daughter's doing it and it's working beautifully for her. So it doesn't have to be a special program. But I do think they have special issues. Maybe I love that idea, Mark. You know what? I'm gonna check out and see if we can start a teen program. Yeah, yeah. Where we just yeah, have to do it, come back, let me know. I will, I, I will. Love, I would love to hear hear the update on that. I think I think these these uh you know especially this generation I think they're gonna have a harder time than than my oh. generation or my generation did as yeah especially the current kids who went through COVID lockdown yeah oh my god oh. I have teachers in elementary school who's like the kids we have they have second graders because of the mask right yeah they were kindergartners right when they were learning their ABCs they have second graders who are still just learning their ABCs lip the lip moving is crucial for kids to learn speech. They just took down, I know we're off on a tangent, they just took our, what, how many words a child needs to know by the age of three from like 55 to 30. They, the, 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 the education. I never knew that. Yeah, they just did it. They just took it down. Like the, the standards, the people that set the standards in the United States, they took it down from a child knowing 55 words down to 30 words. And the, the reason that they're seeing this is because these kids have not seen people at between the ages of one and three, they didn't get to watch people talk. They didn't get to see the facial expressions. There's, there's so much learning that happens just by cues. Like they say, there's a microsecond and you can see what somebody's thinking and you make a judgment about them and all that. The kids didn't get that, Yeah, you know, because the parents were home alone. And then when they went out, they had masks and all you can see is the eyes. And even then it's really hard, you know, and yeah, you realize how important I think social interaction is. Yes. Oh, right. Yes. I mean, going back to social media, I guess for some kids that are kind of like loners, maybe it might be uh, a way to contact other people. But I think, what was it the other day? I mean, I, I talk about this in general, like, you know, my wife or friends, like seeing how different it was from when I was growing up. You know, in a neighborhood, we'd be out in the neighborhood playing, you know, uh, what was it? Cowboys and Indians, uh, yeah. a fort, or I forget what that game, you know, capture flag or whatever. We'd be out from like eight in the morning till this before the sun, you know, my parents would be like, just be home before the sun sets. Yep. Now, now it's like so different. It yeah, is. It's late eight. We get in a boxing match together, and, you know, we square off and beat each other up. And then five minutes yeah. later, we're fine. Now the kids you know? are in the room, like, they sit there, 
they're right next to each other and they're sitting yeah. on the phones. I'm like, you're right next to each other, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a shame, but I think, you know, hopefully something changes, but I guess that's the downfall of technology, right? It's more interesting and there's more sophisticated video games and, you know, the kids are becoming more couch potatoes. They're not exercising as much. Yeah. Well, it is up to, it's hard. You know, I have to say they're, those things are great babysitters. I have to really work hard Yeah. to not just yeah, be like, yes, yeah. get on your iPad. <laughs> you know, when, when my daughter has a sleepover, the first thing I do is take everybody's phone. Yep. That, that's actually a good idea. Be- and then you, you shock it. Then they're putting on makeup and they're doing art and they're playing with the pets and they're, you know, giggling and laughing and, and they have such a better time. And I keep them up. I tell the parents, you know, if you call, text me because the kids don't have a phone, you know, and, and my son, he, we took his iPad away. He was just too into the games. He was constantly sneaking it and stuff. And so we completely got rid of it. And now he's playing with sticky bots and he's getting, he wants a green screen because he wants to do movies and, you know, yeah. with these things and you Legos. And it's just amazing how instantly when you take those things away that the kids seem to fi- are able to find something to do. Yes. You oh, know, yeah. imagine yeah, that yeah. creativity. <laughs> well, Zen, it was great having you on the show. I look forward to having you back again when you get that uh, teenage uh, program up and running. I will. Again, everybody who's listening to this podcast, her website is called smartsoulsacademy.com. Check it oh, out. One thing real quick, yeah. Mark. Yep. If you send your listeners to internal guidance system, internal put that in the link. What yep. I have is you give us your email and I'll send you the first two exercises to start connecting your IGS to your brain. It happens really fast, but your brain doesn't know that this is the feelings are coming and it's made a story up about their feelings. This okay. will unwrap that so they can start using it right now. Okay, great. Yeah. I'll put that in the and everybody's listening to that, you know, I'll also put a, a link in the description of this particular podcast episode. And again, it was great having you on. And uh, everybody who's listening to this podcast, uh, stay tuned for a short break and from a word from our sponsors. This is to all you parents out there. Are you looking for a great book for your child to read? Well, look no further. Christina Ritorto has done it again by putting out a sequel to her first book, in the Invisible Girl series. The sequel is called A Little Bit Louder. Get it now at Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com or RetortoFamilyBooks.com. Again, the book is called A Little Bit Louder, written by Christina Retorto. During World War II, I was in prison in a Nazi camp. I died there, or so I thought. Instead, I became a creature of the dark world. Now I fight to protect my daughter. I am Marcus the Vampire. The book is now available at Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com and RetortoFamilyBooks.com. Hi, this is Brandy Alexander, and you are listening to The Mark the Shark Show. Hi, 
everyone. Well, unfortunately, all good things must come to an end, and that's all we have for this particular podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you keep following my, my podcast here, The Mark the Shark Show, and keep listening and look out for future podcast episodes.